0: you would, turn the Bible to Philippians chapter 4. Garth is supposed to be preaching tonight, but Garth, like half of everybody else we know, has gotten sick, and so I'm glad to step in. Philippians chapter 4. We've been in Philippians for a while, and we're coming down the home stretch. maybe just another week or two, and we will have it wrapped up. Tonight we're going to look at these four verses. You remember at the beginning of Philippians that we said that Philippians doesn't really have a very clear purpose of why Paul wrote this book to the church in in Philippi, but with that said, there are a lot of good stuff there. In chapter 4, Paul is wrapping up his letter, and he starts to name a few people, and if you've been here on Sunday nights, you've heard some really, really good sermons. You get here to chapter 10, I mean, sorry, verse 10, and Paul writes, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly in hunger, abundance, and need. I can do all things through, through Him who strengthens me. This is a passage that you've heard before. That verse is definitely a verse that you've heard before. But as you need to know, Scripture must always be understood in context. That basketball mom that pulled me aside today said to me, and she's never been through college or seminary or even church teaching, she's never heard the word hermeneutics, but she said to me, they aren't talking about those verses in context. And if you know anything about the Bible, and I sure hope that all of you know, you must understand God's Word in context. And our passage tonight is one that we have heard before I trust, but maybe not in context. At my house alone, I've probably got five different shirts that have this Bible verse on them. At my house right now, I've got multiple pairs of shoes that have this Bible verse on the shoes, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And while you may know that verse, you don't often find it in this in this setting in this context let me remind you that Paul is the apostle that God chose last Paul was on the road to Damascus a pharisee that persecuted and killed Christians when Jesus came to him and led him to Christ and changed his life and his name was Saul and he had the Damascus road conversion and changed his name to Paul and made him an apostle and then Paul was living boldly for Jesus and we know that And Paul, because of his missionary journeys, had traveled and ended up here. He had preached in Philippi. He had been to Philippi. He had planted a church there. But now Paul finds himself in prison on behalf of the gospel. Because of that, he writes letters. And here we have a letter, don't know exactly when he wrote it, but here we have a letter of Paul writing back to the church, a church he knows, a church he's been with, people he's preached to, people that he knows by name, and we've already seen that. And he's writing them a letter. And in our passage tonight, the first thing that he brings up is concern. I wasn't planning to preach tonight, but I'm thankful in the Lord's providence that I get to preach to you about concern. This morning I preached on our three core values that it's we value the gospel that we value community and we value mission. If you value the things of God as I said it's because God has worked in your heart and caused you to love the things that God loves. As I pointed out this morning there are many people out there that don't value the things of God and the reason why is because they don't have that new heart. They don't have the new birth. They, they don't love what God loves yet. They're not there. But as you know, when God saves you and sets your eyes upon Jesus, when God fills you with His love and adopts you into His family, one of the things that comes with it is a concern for others. As I sat here with other people praying on Friday night, I didn't tell them what to pray for. We didn't always follow the study guide, but every person I prayed with. Sons of mine, girls that are in college in this church, elderly men, men that are in their 30s. I prayed with a whole mix of people, and everybody that I prayed for without being prompted, because the study guy didn't tell them, started praying for people they know. I heard people say, I pray for my dad. I pray for my mom. I pray for my friends. I pray for my teacher. They're concerned about them. Concern is something that happens in the true heart of a believer. And Paul writes about their concern for him. Now, doesn't it get a little bit touchy when you start saying, well, Pat didn't check on me today. Pat, you weren't concerned for me? You heard me mention that J.J. was sick. Are you not concerned about me and Val and what we're going through? And Paul does this. Look at verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. Paul was in prison, and it's kind of hard to figure out, but if you start really looking into it, and you go back to what he writes to the Thessalonians, that it kind of seems like there's been a long gap since he's heard from them. I saw that maybe 10 years. He knows the Philippians. He's talked to them, written to them, visited them, all of that, but it's been about 10 years since he's heard from them, and you can only imagine, right, being a minister of gospel that has served and helped people find eternal life in Christ. You can only imagine having chains around your wrists and chains around your feet and sitting in prison day after day and week after week and month after month and year after year for a long time thinking, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder if they're thinking about me. I wonder if they know that I don't even have anything to read here. I wonder if they know that I'm cold sitting here and I wish I had my big coat. These are some of the things that Paul wrote churches and asked for. And Paul says, I wonder if they're concerned about me. Hey, inside of your Christianity, listen, I know you're concerned about yourself, but I want to ask you, do you have concern for others? Does your concern for others extend to them? Do they know that you're concerned for them? You ever reached out to somebody and said, hey, I'm just thinking of you? This morning I was in church and me and Valerie Burton already talked about this. One of the people that I've known for a long time and really since day one here, I've known since 2003, is Emily Stivers. I love Emily Stivers. She's a good teammate of Joe's. She usually plays the... The, the piano and she sings. Well, she's done really well climbing the ladder at work and she's got a big job there. And the head person of her job resigned just a few weeks ago. Emily's had to take on a ton of responsibility and she's working all the time. She's working like all day and all night, all the time. And I wonder how many people knew that. I wonder how many people were concerned. But I love Emily and I know that Valerie loves Emily and Emily loves Valerie. And Valerie and I were sitting there talking about it. And this morning as I was sitting there, I was just thinking again, I miss it every Sunday when Emily's not there playing that piano, singing along with Joe. And I was just concerned about her. You know know what it's like to get burnt out and run down into work all the time, right? And that's what Emily's doing. She's working like 60, 70 hours a week at a hospital. That's what she does. She's give out. I was concerned about her. Paul writes back to the church and says, I was revived because you were concerned about me. You know anybody right now, listen to me, you know anybody right now that you know is a believer, they claim to be, but they need revival? Have you considered that the concern of believers could do it? You know anybody right now that's on their last leg, they're limping, and if they're on the way to heaven, they're limping in there. They're not real happy. There's not a lot of joy. There's not a lot of of energy flowing through their walk with Christ. Hear tonight that Paul rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Now at length, listen to that. He rejoiced greatly in the Lord for a long time. Why? He heard that they were concerned about him concern. Christian concern. Hey, how you doing? We've missed you. Hey, how you doing? I love you. They were concerned. Now, how did he know that they were concerned? Well, they sent help to him. Keep reading. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity Now, this is interesting because so often when we're sitting there thinking like, man, I ain't heard from anybody. Nobody's looking out for me. They're not concerned about me. And the devil is really good at taking our mindset and taking our thoughts and twisting it towards something bad, isn't he? God will take our thoughts and spin it towards something negative. And and Paul doesn't necessarily say that, but you can see where he's going. If it really was 10 years, you could be thinking like, man, nobody's even reached out to me in 10 years. What's going on? They couldn't send a letter or something And Paul hears here that y'all really were concerned. You just just didn't have an opportunity to show me. Christian concern is a real thing. And when when the concern finally came, when the help finally came, Paul was greatly revived by it. And church, let me encourage you tonight to be concerning. Let me teach you tonight to be concerned for people and let them know it. Perhaps revival can break out in the heart of the discouraged by your concern. I'm thankful, and I can point to some really huge moments in my past, some stories I've told you over the years, where an adult, an older person, a more mature believer, has pulled me aside, called me into their office, set me down and said, I'm concerned about the direction that you're going. I'm concerned about the lack of direction that I'm seeing in your life. I'm concerned about the immaturity. I'm concerned about this, and I'm concerned about that. And I can remember, and I hope you can too, how the Lord revived my soul off of somebody's concern. Do you remember Matthew 25, where Jesus is talking about the least of these? He says, what you did to me in prison. You Remember that? Prison is one of the, 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 set, the settings. It's like when I was naked and when I was hungry and when I was thirsty. You remember all that? One of them was in prison. Could it be that believers are being revived in their faith because of our concern for them in prison? Beyond that, though, he then moves into contentment. Look at verse 11. Not that I'm speaking of being in need. Now, Paul turns it here. Because when we start talking about concern, it gets to I need you to be concerned about me, right? And so often, this is where, you remember this morning I made that big point about community, and community is something that we value. And the honest truth about community is that God has made it so that I need you and you need me. We need each other, right? That's the way God has made community. And so what comes from that, listen to me, so what comes from that, and you can see it all over the place, just look around with friends you know that go to churches, what comes from that is, well, I'm not getting from you what I need. I'm not getting from you what I need, whether it's my Sunday school class or my small group or my friends or whatever. I'm not getting from you what I need. And that comes out with concern. Nobody's been concerned about me. Nobody reached out. Nobody's done this. Nobody's done that. And, and, and that attitude is a sinful attitude. And so as soon as Paul starts talking about concern, and, and because I found out you were concerned, it revived me. It leads you to think that he was a little bit discouraged before he knew that they even were concerned. He immediately shoots that down, that negativity, and speaks up in verse 11 and says, not that I'm speaking of being in need. I wanted your concern. Listen to me. But I didn't need your concern. God's got me. It's contentment. Number one is concern tonight. Number two is contentment. Verse 11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Big talk about concern, but now big talk about content. It is the teaching of the Bible that God is enough. Do you understand that? Now, it is also the teaching that in God being enough, he gives us lots of other things like community, right? But in every setting where we may not have community, If you find yourself in prison and the church that you planted doesn't reach out for 10 years You wish they were concerned about you, but you can survive without them being concerned about you, right? I don't know what season of life you're in It may be lonely You may have found you in a spot where you're like I miss the good old days I've been around church long enough now that there are a lot of people who are always looking to the good old days, right? Man, I remember when I was in college and us guys lived in the dorm and we did all of this. And man, we were always praying together and memorizing Scripture together. And I just miss those days, man. I don't get to do that anymore. My days are spent changing diapers and being tired and doing all of that. Listen, life changes, doesn't it? Life changes. The seasons change. And while Paul makes great emphasis on we need to be concerned for each other, he also immediately nips it in the bud and says, but don't think that I was in need. God's got me. God has me. God is enough for me. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I want to ask you tonight if you're content in God. Because the honest truth is, we're in some bad situations. We find ourselves in hard spots at times. Maybe a big hurdle like it's been going on for a year. Maybe a small one like it just happened this week. Are you content? Are you okay with where God has you right now? Are you aware that this might not be the spot that you thought you would be at this stage of life? Can you say with Paul whatever situation, I'm content. Now, how can he say that? Because God is his Father. And in God being his Father, he knows what type of Father God is. God is a good Father. Remember that passage we read in the call to worship tonight, James chapter 1, verse 16 and 18? And it says that every good and perfect gift comes down from God. And God does not change Do you have faith? Is your faith in the love of God? Does the presence of God, because He lives inside of you, give the peace that surpasses all understanding? Is the fruit of the Spirit joy and peace and patience and so forth inside of you? Are you content? Because Paul is in a prison cell most likely to die. There are chains on his wrist and chains on his feet. And he's just hit the church hard with, y'all need to be concerned for me. But don't think I needed it. God has me. But then he goes on, not only just to say that he's content, but he elaborates it on a little bit. Look at verse 12. I know how to be brought low. And I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Paul's been in many situations in life. Paul's had a lot of money and Paul's had little money. Paul's had a lot of food and Paul's had not a lot of food. Paul's had a stuffed belly where he says, man, I ate too much. And Paul's had a growling belly where he says, I would love a nice warm meal and in every situation you know what he says I don't have any needs God has me God's my father I am content in him I want to ask you here tonight if you know how to be brought low man is that a big statement one that we don't take well do you know how to be brought low I'm not even going to ask you. We don't have enough time for me to talk about if you know how to abound. Maybe you know how to abound. I I don't know. Can you handle success? That's what that's talking about. Can you handle success? Can you handle praise? Can you handle attention? Can you handle bonuses? Can you handle extra money? But what about being brought low? If you hear that somebody's talking bad about you, if you mess up and therefore you brought some shame into your life, can you handle that? Or are you one of these people, even moreover, are you one of these Christians where you love to sing the praises of God when life's all fine and dandy? It's not always that way, though. We've got to learn to be content. We've got to learn to be content in whatever situation. And Paul says that. His first point tonight is about concern for others. His second point tonight is about being content. Contentment comes about when you understand, listen to me, that the most, listen to me, that the most important thing in life is God. And when you understand that life is about God, then you believe the gospel that God loves you and nothing can separate you from the love of God, then it means that the most important things in life are secure in Christ. There is a security in Jesus. There is a being owned by Him, dominated by Him, loved by Him, secured by Him. There is safety in Him. And once the big things are taken care of, you shouldn't get all worked up over the small things. And that contentment is real. If you know for sure that your creator loves you and that nothing can, lo- nothing can separate from that love, then what is there to get all worked up over? If you know for sure that your Creator or your Lord is God Almighty, and the Bible teaches that when He saved you, He stuck you into His hand and He did like that, and then He took His Son's hand and He did like that, or vice versa, I can't remember which one it was, but the Son's got you in His hand, and the Father's got you in His hand, and nothing can snatch you out of His hand. If you know that you are that safe, so that death, or life, or sin, or the devil, or nothing can get you away from that, what is there really to get all worked up over? I'm content. I'll be all right. And Paul speaks to this from prison. God, God loves me. Jesus died for me. The tomb is empty. Christ is alive. Even if I die, I'll be with him, and that'll be a gain, he said in chapter 1. Concern, contentment, but lastly, confidence. Confidence. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. What Paul is meaning right here, as you now know because of context, he's saying, I'm content with whatever God gives me. And whatever it is He gives me, His strength will make me content. You hear me? Whatever it is that He gives me, Brought low or abounding or abundance or whatever, whatever he does to me, he will supply the strength to make me content. That's what Philippians 4.13 means in context. Now, with FCA and all of our sports and all of that, we've turned I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me into this kind of like uh, all about me, I can do whatever I want to be able to do, or I can do whatever God wants me to be able to do. Now, if we want to be, to, to be real honest about that, you can go that direction with the Bible. The Bible teaches that with God, all things are possible, right? If God wants me to hit a home run and I'm not good at hitting home runs, God could make me to hit a home run, right? Absolutely. With God, all things are possible. But well, it's with God, not with me. And where this verse has gotten out of line is the emphasis has been pulled away from Christ who strengthens me. It's been put onto I can, and it's been pulled out of context, and we forget all this. What he's meaning is, if you happen to find yourself in prison next year with no food and nobody concerned about you, guess what? You can make it. And guess what? You don't have any needs. God has you right where he wants you. And here's the truth, y'all. God has, does have plans for our lives, God does desire to use us, and He will supply the strength in Christ Jesus to put us there and to work through us there, and it'll be enough. But, way more than that, we're not sure what He wants to do with us. We're not sure where we're going to find ourselves. We may, over the next few weeks, hear about even more cases of the flu. We may, over the next few weeks, deal with some loss in our church. We may feel, experience some sin in the church, and it really shake us up. In recent years, we've had to deal with some divorces, and most recently, we've had to deal with some people truly falling away, and that hurts. It's hard to deal with. You and your personal life may be dealing with some real struggles. You know what Paul wants you to know? That yes, that is hard. But you should have all the confidence in the world that your loving Father, that your Lord Jesus, will give you the strength to keep going. You can do it. You can do it. When Philippians 4.13 says, you can do it, it's meaning whatever you find yourself in, you can do it. I like this passage. It steps on our toes about concern for each other. It builds us up on how content we can be in God. And then once we start looking at contentment in God, it gives us confidence in the strength that God supplies. Now, the neat thing about this, to wrap it up, Concern, contentment, and confidence. is that he's talking about a church being concerned for him, which I think makes it even more sweet. And I want to ask you here tonight, what's our church concerned about? That's an interesting question, isn't it? What are we concerned about? Do we have a concern? Now that's, a big, that's a hard question to process, isn't it? Is our church, listen to me, is our church concerned? Y'all have heard the statistics of how many churches die and close each year, right? Y'all hear about churches that are shrinking and dying. Should that even be a concern? Is it a concern? You know that right here in Fairdale there's over 8,000 people And there weren't even 1,000 in church in Fairdale this morning. Now maybe they're driving outside of Fairdale. I don't know. You know that many of you all don't even live in Fairdale. So if we want to get into Louisville, there's a million people. You know that apart from the Lord Jesus, we will not see heaven. And you know that the wages of sin is death. That's concerning. That's concerning. Paul writes from a jail cell, wondering if a church was concerned about him, but then revived greatly in the Lord because they were. And I don't know who, and I didn't have enough time to really think and prepare to get at who, Y'all, if there's somebody on the planet right now in a jail cell, in Africa, in Mexico or in Ecuador, or listen, living in your basement, down the street from you, in your family, that doesn't know the Lord or isn't right with the Lord, or can't press on because they don't know his strength anymore, or isn't content anymore. May God use our concern. What a thought. Our concern. You know why you get concerned? Because it matters. His truth matters, and their soul matters. May God do it. May God give us concern for his glory let's pray dear god thank you so much for paul's heart it's just a few verses god but i feel like he's stepped all over our toes tonight we need to be more content in christ whatever he gives with insults and upside downs and unfortunate positions in life i've learned how to be brought low oh god make us content And God, for everybody that's struggling with being content and everybody that's being brought low, God, help us to be concerned for them. And God, give us confidence. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Father, we don't know where you're leading us, but when you do lead us there, tomorrow or later this year or down the road, Father, whatever it is, may we be able to say, God will not let us down. You are faithful, God, and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.